This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Vinit Aurora. Dr. Aurora is about to take over as the Dean of the Medical School at the University of Chicago. I think I've got that right. And so tell us about that role, about what she's excited about, some of her thoughts on graduate medical education and medical education in a, in a little bit more. Dr. Aurora, can you take a moment to introduce yourself and, and make sure I hit this correctly? Yes, thanks, Scott. It's great to be back. Um, I am uh, here at the University of Chicago, where I'm a professor of medicine, and um, effective July 1st, I'll be in the new position as Dean for Medical Education, overseeing um, our undergraduate medical education for our medical students, graduate medical education for our residents and fellows, continuing medical education for faculty as well as simulation. And so I'm very excited about continuing some of the work that I've been doing in improving the learning environment, but on this bigger scale. Well, what an amazing role and really the role of a lifetime. And, and talk about, it's such an important role. We face a situation in the country where there are so many shortages and looming shortages of physicians, nurses, clinicians, and so forth. How can graduate medical education and medical education help to leverage that, help to improve that? How does that help us to, to, to meet the needs that we'll have as a, you know, as a, as a growing society. Absolutely. I mean, I think the pandemic has really brought to light that we really do need to think about workforce planning um, as opposed to proactively, as opposed to sort of like a, you know, a secondary thought. Um, and I think that's very real, especially when we see issues with the residency match um, and we are seeing not just um you know, um, a shortage of um, uh, physicians, um, nurses, a variety of other um, specialties predicted, but also we're um, seeing a geographic maldistribution. And so what we are seeing is that in shortage areas, in medically underserved areas, like the south side of Chicago, we have a difficult time recruiting um, primary care physicians and specialists to serve those communities. And so it's really important to think um, really across the entire pathway on the continuum of medical education and health professions education so that we can figure out how to not only place people to serve their communities, but also empower them with the skills in things like system science and social justice so that they can advocate for a better healthcare system and experience for their patients. Fantastic. And talk about medical education. Will more and more of it focus on how do physicians and clinicians work with patients in a virtual manner as well versus simply the traditional face-to-face? -face? I mean, how does that get integrated into medical education? Absolutely. I mean, again, another um, sort of silver lining with the pandemic is we were seeing so much, um, you know, real concern about, you know, um, adult learning. You know, medical education really has to leverage adult learning um, and go beyond, um, you know, sitting in a classroom and um, the traditional model of two plus two, two years of, um, you know, memorizing facts. Um, in a classroom setting and then, you know, being, you know, you know, dumped into uh, the clinical experience. We really need to get to a more continuous model where we are integrating active learning. And I think that the virtual platforms actually allow us to be innovative and be creative because what did, when we are together in, in a face-to-face -face experience, we should be maximizing that to be with patients. 
And when we don't need to be together, we can really leverage um, solutions like telehealth, telesimulation, a lot of interesting things that we have been working um, on implementing during the pandemic should become just part of our um, system. The thing that I think is very exciting is hybrid solutions. And so um, there are rounding models, for example, where learners can be in person and some learners and team members could be remote. Um, and you can really then bring more minds to uh, solve the case in front of you and help drive patient care um, and improve patient experience. And so how do we immerse our learners into the best performing healthcare systems so that they can actually um, deliver on the um, promise to the American people. And, and, and take a moment, and we talked about how virtual care, we're starting to talk about how virtual care will be integrated into medical education. What about teaching people remotely? Will there be more and more options for students? Obviously, this past year, a lot of students did remote learning. How much of that will continue versus in class, in residency, et cetera, et cetera, in person versus remote learning? you're teaching your medical students remotely? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think remote learning, some elements of remote learning are here to stay. Having said that, I do want to highlight that one challenge with remote learning is keeping learners engaged. And it's very easy to multitask um, and not be as engaged. Um, we know that there's, um, you know, high levels of burnout um, and, um you know, depersonalization. And the way to get around that is to bring people together and have that social engagement. So I actually think what will happen is remote learning will be, um, you know, a tool in our toolbox, but it will be supplemented with live sessions um, to keep people engaged, if you will, um, so that we can leverage that active learning. And so um, you could imagine where um, sometimes um, you know, in the in the pandemic, people would say, well, are you, you know, of course, you're teaching remote, do you, and now it's this hybrid. And so it's like, well, are, are you remote? Or are you live? And it's like, well, can I be both? Can, can I have the morning be um, a remote session and then have everybody come to campus and actually experience what we learned, you know, in a classroom setting. And so I do think there's elements of that. In the, in the residency space, um, I actually think the remote um, options actually make it easier for residents across multiple campuses, for example, to attend conferences and similar for faculty. And so we are seeing some advantages in the remote environment for some, you know, typical education, but particularly for medical students, they really need to see the health system up close operating. Um, otherwise, um, they risk being too far removed in a silo where they aren't seeing what they need to be seeing and they aren't learning what they need to be learning, which is how to work effectively in a team to deliver the best care they can. And, and, and take a moment, and you're starting this role as Dean of Med Medical Education, one of the most prestigious academic medical centers in the world. Talk a little bit about what you do to prepare yourself for taking over this role. And I know it's sort of a natural evolution of what you're doing today. Plus also what you plan to do the first 90 days. Is it sort of get a, get a feel for everything or do you have actions you're going to take? Give us a sense of how you prepare for this role and get yourself ready. Uh, that is a great question, Scott. I would definitely say that um, as somebody who has um, studied handoffs, I'm sort of in the handoff of my life, if you will. And um, I'm very fortunate that the um, person who's currently in my role, my, my 
my predecessor, Dr. Helena Bruckner, is retiring. And as opposed to the sort of two-week notice industry standard for certain jobs, um, you know, I'm really, really um, fortunate to have this really nice runway of several weeks with her to learn the ropes um, and attend meetings and meet with people and really go on that listening tour um, and meet with students and residents and faculty and um, staff all across the campus to understand um, what are the issues of the day, especially as things evolve. Um, you know, we, we are emerging from the pandemic um, stronger, but we also, that requires some change. So it's just like we talked about um, how do we keep people engaged? How do we move the learning um, that we need to? How do we restore some of the learning that we had that we had to put on hold? And how do we really reflect on the pandemic as well as all the issues around um, social justice and structural racism that have been plaguing our country to think about how to um, formulate the best curriculum that we can. And so um, the really nice part about, um, you know, sometimes it's it's difficult to um, stay at a place and get a new job because there's always the concern that you're you're going to be stuck in your old job and you'll have two jobs. Um, the the benefit of that of staying in your place and switching is that you do get this long runway for a listening tour. Um, and so then that sets up sort of those first 90 days or the first 100 days, if you will, for those early wins. And so right now I'm really thinking and crafting, you know, well, what what is it that the, what's the greatest need and where is it so that we can be prepared on July 1st to really think about how to engage everybody in the concept of, you know, what is it, what physician training should be and how we need to really, um, you know, match what we're doing with what we need to produce for, for the American people. And so, um, and I've, I've gotten some really great advice from people um, in all sectors, um, including um, business and industry, um, on really, um, you know, the goal is not to sort of uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater, if you will, but really to, um, you know, continue to sustain and grow the things that are working well. We have a lot of amazing um, activities and programs um, at the Pritzker School of Medicine. And then, you know, where there needs to be change, focus on those areas. Areas so that those can be early wins for turnarounds. And so that's my current thinking, uh, but I, you know, look forward to uh, kind of progressing in the role and certainly um, stepping into it and, um, and um, you know, and what the next year will hold. Yes. And I think your perspective on it, though, is just magnificent. This perspective of we're starting with magnificent institutions. We're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It's more we're figuring out to improve and add and grow with it versus, you know, leaders sometimes make the fault of they've got to change everything the last person did. You know, it's, it's, um, and, it, and it's very disruptive to organizations, not necessarily in a good way. Absolutely. The concept of, look, this is a magnificent institution and we need to improve it. It's just a, it's just a great, great attitude and perspective. Dr. Aurora, it is just always a pleasure to visit with you. I want to thank you for taking the time again to visit with us on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Just magnificent leadership. Thank you so much, and good luck as Dean of the Medical Education at University of Chicago. Thank you, Scott. Great to talk with you.